ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Weird Things Podcast. I'm Andrew Main. Joining me, as per usual, Mr. Justin Robert Young. Light him up! Brian Brushwood. I have a hairy voice. Oh, you have a hairy voice. <laughs> I mean, not naturally, but because of this microphone. Because I'm on the road. I'm in a hotel in Maine where a giant snowstorm is about to kill everyone. Okay, well, on that cheery thought, as Brian sits in the middle of his Stephen King story, <laughs> surrounded by a bunch of empties, we can only presume. Yes. Uh, yes what so better weird. setting? What better setting for a Weird Things podcast then? I have in front of me my copy of The Fringes of Reason, A Whole Earth Catalog, A Field Guide to New Age Frontiers, Unusual Beliefs, and Eccentric Sciences, which uh, I turned around on my shoulder. Uh, shelf and saw this and uh i realized i've never looked at this before i don't even know how this got onto my shelf now that I is mean, a stephen king story stephen now, king should get eight chapters out of just that fact well like yeah. i buy i buy a lot of stupid stuff so i'm not gonna you know rule out the most simple explanation <laughs> yeah I, I was gonna say I, I believe it is a really mysterious tale of the beautiful siren known as amazon prime <laughs> promising next day delivery one click buying no, no, no. I think I think this thing was published in like the year two. So, <laughs> the year know. two. This was a nineteen eighty nine publishing date. So I, I bought this somewhere else. <laughs> Anyhow, I digress. Tucked away in here, right before the show, I have some topics, some questions, some things that I want to ask you, gentlemen. And some of them pulled from headlines. Some pulled from just crazy things I've been wanting to ask other people to find out what they think. We'll begin this time with Justin. Hey, look. Sweet. Yeah, Justin. let's hear a story about Justin and his wife and his kids. <laughs> well, let's Make do that, Brian. Uncomfortable. So, Justin. Yes, this sir. Is, this is the question. Okay. Uh, every guy at some point in his life thinks about being a superhero. Duh, yeah. You know, and or continually thinks about being a superhero. Of course. Okay? So, it's, it's hard to... Okay, well, for the vigilante situation, you obviously you've got to have something happen that sets you over the edge. Either you find out you have some power and you're kind of rejected by people, but your power makes you a hero, or some horrific thing happens to you. Uh, let's keep this in the real world, so no superpowers. Okay. Okay. Unless you like, you built yourself an Iron Man suit, but I've seen your technical prowess. Not so much. Yeah, no, he can duct no. tape some bottle caps to his shoulders. And even then, they yeah, would probably Brian. fall off within 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wouldn't count on that. So let's assume the vigilante route. Yes. Okay. What would send you over the edge? At what point would you become a vigilante? Um, I mean, obviously, the, the real boring ones are, are you know, family murdered. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I don't really have. I actually know this one. For, for Justin. For okay. me. Yes. Brian, what is it? No, dude. Yeah. It's like no. Why, it, why don't why don't you play the role of the fates, Brian, and just <laughs> okay. and just deal right. me this horrible uh this horrible tragedy? All right. Here's the scene. Yeah. You're at you're at Chili's. You've ordered okay. the fajitas. It's game five of the Stanley Cup, and the Penguins are almost about to take the whole prize. Sure. And then all of a sudden, some costumed supervillain <laughs> comes in and kicks the puck out. <laughs> And as a result, and then he shoots like uh, five of your favorite players, and yeah. uh, and then and then he vanishes in a puff of smoke. Like at that moment, I just see your eyes turn red, and you stand up and you swear a blood oath that you will not rest until you have avenged your mighty penguins. 
Number one, I really like how you you knew that it was game five of the Stanley Cup finals, but didn't know the name of the trophy. <laughs> Oh, it's not the Stanley Cup. What is it? Um, no, it is. It is the Stanley Cup. Oh, okay. And you're like, you're like, they're about to win the whole prize. <laughs> uh, I like when he goes. When he goes, you don't need the trophy. I'm going. Wait a second. I thought it was a Stanley Cup too. I know I don't know anything about hockey, but jeez. <laughs> yeah. Um, like Big yeah, Ben. Yeah, no, that would you know? that would that would get me pretty steamed. It also considering it'd be really uh just even a staggering coincidence that he'd shoot five of my favorite players and not a few that I don't really like all that much. Um, but yeah, no, I would be, I'd be, I'd be pretty, pretty PO'd about that. I mean, surely there'd be maybe more damage done than just the fact that, you know, there, there were five grisly murders at the very least, as opposed to just my penguins not winning the Stanley cup. I could see you like, as you exact your revenge, he's like, I don't get it, man. People die every day. You're like, yeah, but these were penguins. Yeah. yeah. Penguins don't die. It's funny, Brian, because both of us, I, I had imagined some scenario where it was just a serial killer offing penguins one by one. Yeah. It, but yours was right in the middle of the stand. I like yours. Yours oh, is no, much yeah, more no, visual. No. Mine, mine was all Much nice. more graphic. Appar- apparently, in my mind, I am the supervillain, and I'm trying yeah, to get the next part way of it. for me to do my damage. No, I, I, like, I like Andrew's better, because like, the first one, it's like all of a sudden a third liner kind of dies of a mysterious heart attack. And then, you know, another one has a really unfortunate accident. And then maybe there's a murder-suicide or something. And no one can put the pieces together except for Justin Robert Young. Justin Just Robert Young is the Rorschach of Penguins fans. Someone's knocking off Penguins. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let, let's, let's I'd say, take this back to reality, but we never quite do. Let's just assume, like, I don't know, horrific crime. Your family's murdered, Justin. Sure. All right. I mean, would you? When when do you go vigilante? For real, when do you go vigilante? I I, I go vigilante when when you know uh, you know Gloria Young and, and Eric Young wind up getting knocked off. My brother and my mom, they, right? When, when they get when they get you know brutally murdered and in some sort of horrific crime and and really the other thing that really is the 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 gasoline on the inferno of the vigilante is the ineffectual police department, right? The, right. the, the ineffectual authorities just bumbling around. Or, or you know, let, or even worse, the bumbling For, forgot uh, to read him his rights. And he gets yeah, to go yeah, scot free. Some Miranda rights thing. <laughs> you know, a hot shot lawyer gets him off. And just He's waves sneering you, in the courtroom. Yeah, winks at you. You know, see you later, kiddo. Yeah, no, that's that's where I snap. That's definitely where you know. You start to just uh, looking into, you know, the guy's pattern of behavior. You know, I, at this point, I think I just stopped showing up to the warehouse. I'm not doing my my daily, you know, uh, my work for iTricks or, or, or the business or anything. I'm just kind of, you know, tailing him at a distance, putting together a pattern of behavior and, and wait, lying in wait uh, so I can extract my brutal, but, bloody but, revenge. But, you know, man, I'm there with you. Yeah, no, I think definitely. Well, I don't know though. I mean, I, I you know go, you'd you, be you'd there, go like, but th- you'd go like, man, I gotta go someplace I can't bring you. I'm like, dude, I'm there. No, but that's <laughs> definitely that's definitely a second act thing. Though. Okay, yeah, like see, I'm trying actually... to do it, and then I get myself into a jam, and all of a sudden you're there. You're there to save me when all hope is lost. But so you, uh, you've been tailing wonder, me though. while I've been tailing him. Go ahead, Brian. Well, because it's like part of the reason that it fits the story so well that your family's been killed. Number one, I mean, obviously, that's something that's going to send you into a crazy rage that's going to make you kill people. But more importantly, it also cuts any ties to the need 
to uh, like like for example, no matter how big a, a, a moral outrage, I'm gonna factor in. It's like, dude, I'd be so there. I'll totally murder that guy with you. It's just, I mean, it's like I'm sort of responsible for providing for my family. I'm not. And I'm not. What? Oh, see, is that what? Oh, so you're dark. All right. All right. Uh, what do I got? <laughs> Justin, <laughs> I got, Justin I got, shuts I down iTricks. What's left, man? <laughs> Listen, you're the only employee that's worth a damn in the whole operation. I, I have to go there because otherwise, just me sitting around yelling at nothing. <laughs> I'll tell you that that would be one. That'd be one funny like final like the final post on iTricks ten years on. Like the site's just still up, and the last post is. Taking a leave of, that, of absence to avenge the bloody murder of my family. BRB. <laughs> what could go wrong? So, uh, what describe the uh, Justin the vigilante? Do you have a do you have, did you or do you continue on this vigilante streak once you've tasted blood and you've brought justice to these evil, evil, unjust streets? Do you, do you say, you know what, I got to keep going? You know, one killer's dead. Do you keep going? Here, here's my, here's the thing is I, I don't know if it's necessarily the like the the Frank Castle, like I've seen the dirty streets and, and there's no one there to clean them kind of thing. Like, I think it's just once you've quit your job and you've made whatever time length commitment it is to uh, murdering somebody who has done wrong and it is, uh, you know, getting by off a corrupt system. Uh, I just think, you know, can you really go home again? Can okay. you then just sit down and fire up Mars Edit and be like, oh, Chris Angel's going to host Raw in two weeks. Like, I, I think <laughs> you're, you're just... You're, you're Gotta kill of, Chris Angel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's what I see. What I see is that you get done and you head back and you pretend, even to yourself, that you're able to get back to normal. But deep inside you is like this cannibalistic hunger that just grows of people who just need to be fixed. And you start All looking right. at Chris Angel. I guess that, that, is, that is the other thing is there really is the difference between I, I don't see myself as the secret identity guy. I think I either, you know, just drop off the grid and just start murdering people in my own name or, see, or in my mind. If so I, no, no, no costume, no, you know, no hockey stick. No, you know. no, I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm very much, I'm no very Casey much Jones, a, a punisher, the, a punisher kind of fan. Well, he had, mind, hey, listen, he had a skull on his t-shirt. He did know? have a skull on his t-shirt. I think that I, I might go as far as that. So what's maybe, in your t-shirt? Maybe I would, maybe I would wear like, like a penguin's jersey or something. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if it's just because you, you, you look and sound so much like Charlie Day. But in my mind, like you would pull a to total Charlie Day thing and like show up and like pay lip service to the idea that you're trying to not be figured out. We're like, who are you? You're like, I'm Justin Man, and then yeah. you kill him. You know, like just the worst disguise ever. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how how big uh, disguise wise uh, I'd be. I, I think maybe something basic. I mean, you definitely want to go a little bit iconic, right? Because what I mean, if you're going to continue doing it, you kind of got to have your word out on the street. You got to have some sort of a specter of oh yeah uh, yeah specter of justice hanging if you over were the evildoers at who specter. you really were what of your life would you use as the basis for your name like what's your what's your vigilante scare tactic name i don't know see i that's i i don't i don't know how much i'd want to go like you know you know, sickle of justice or something. Like I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I if I'd want to get like too creative there. I'd rather just kind of have the word out that there is, you know, there is somebody who is just murdering those who do bad. Well, here's my question: How do you kill them? 
I really like the 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 original Death Wish kind of way. I like that like that Charles Bronson just wandering around waiting for someone to get raped and then shooting them in the most awkward way possible. Okay. I think that's I can see myself fitting into that um that that realm way easy. Uh right. I, I don't know. I can't really like so no problem with the stigma of, of handguns and of oh, gang violence or any of that. No, no, no. Just, I don't I don't listen, I mean you don't I, walk I don't around exact, with I, I don't exactly have a superhero's physique. You know, I think gun guns are gonna be the way to go for this. Yeah, you know, in 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 my heart, you know, the direction I would like to go would be like I think I wouldn't want to be like flashy superhero, but I do like the idea that like part of what's great about Batman was that you know he thought he was this evil demon, you know, yeah, and, and the idea of like you know the the supernatural aspect. I'd really want to play up that supernatural aspect. So like you know the friends would be like, you would oh, be no. uh, Mysterio because you remember it? the Spider-Man villain Mysterio was a stunt man who knew some sleight of hand tricks and had uh, access to a fog pro machine. Like he well, was all about like the representation of like you're just scared by the idea of him instead of the yeah no I, that but you know I you know, another actually I'd love to be able to go in would be like it'd be like the Monkey Man you know and if I could just like beat people senseless and rip their limbs off their body you know what better thing than like just the, the rumors there's a wild ape vigilante now that's yeah that would be cool though, because like that's that's totally believable oh yeah, yeah. I would like to God, put out yeah, the record you, you that I just, just said that a wild ape vigilante is totally <laughs> believable. Well, because you, you can just see somewhere in, like, a motel in South oh. Miami, there are two, you know, two two Colombians, uh, you know, oh. unpacking a crate. Like, did you hear, man? I know how I do it. I get a, I get a chimp. I trained a chimp. Okay. Oh, that I way, trained... plausible deniability. Don't oh, yeah. I have this, language. like, van that I drive the chimp around in this dark, grody van, and the chimp's in the back, and I show him photos of whoever it is, pull up to a lot, and I'm like... You know what would be great is if the van was decorated like... Go, 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 go. It said, it said the vigilante chimp machine or something? No. So, no, like, you... everybody knew you were coming? No, it's got to be, like, because the police would find me in a heartbeat, you know? It's, it's got to be, like, you know, happy monkey banana delivery or something, you know? It's got to be <laughs> some inside inside joke. There's, like, this happy happy monkey on the outside, and inside just snarl and just rent. Like, like Robin worked in the circus. My chimp sidekick is, like, a former cir- circus chimp that I've trained to hunt down and kill those that have crossed me. Dude, I, I like the idea so much. And then, like, right, like, he's standing over the, you know, whatever criminal he's just vanquished. And instead of, like, giving, like, the, the action movie kind of, like, quip before the death blow is delivered, he just signs it into his hands. <laughs> like, <laughs> or maybe maybe he actually has, like a, like, a Sony Walkman, and he just hits play, and it's a recorded message of, of, of Andrew saying, you're probably wondering why this monkey's going to kill you. <laughs> Be violent, be awesome. So that's my that's my plan. Brian, where where are you at? Are, I, I just oh, want to say I don't we don't want to take a vote, but that may be the most awesome idea that's ever happened on Weird Things. <laughs> I, I, I mean, there's to be honest, I uh, there's no beating it. How do you beat the the, the monkey rape machine? I mean, that's uh, <laughs> what. <laughs> well, I mean, the monkey's gonna rape him before he kills him, right? No, Brian, he's not. Oh, I mean, but, but Andrew, I, in all in all in all, you know in. No reality, you're not going to be there watching them, right? The monkey can do whatever he wants. Well, I mean, well, he, he the monkey have, gets he back two or three rapes in there before you well, even get. Yeah, well, here, here's the problem. I want the monkey to leave a minimal of evidence behind. Some some chimp fur is fine because you're like, oh, that could be planted. But you know, guys, come on. 
That is really the worst of the PR moves, right? Like, I mean, even if you are a vigilante doing great for the community, rape certainly crosses a line even then. (laughs) Yeah, Brian, you just crossed a line, Mr. Brushwood. (laughs) Oh, I see. Your trained murdering ape was fine, but the moment it's a murder-rape ape, (laughs) then we're in trouble. Because it really is. It's like like, you can just see the stand-up with, like, like the TV crew after everything. It's like, like, oh, my God, uh, my son would have surely died, but I really don't think the rape was necessary. So Brian, go ahead. What's yours? Uh it's it's whatever your idea is plus monkey race. <laughs> I do monkey. <laughs> That's great, Brian. You're you're uh you're you're going around by proxy raping bad guys. Interesting. No, dude, it's, they're, they're bad guys. I mean, it's like, look, if they're bad enough they deserve to die, why don't they deserve to be raped by a chimp before they die? Listen, give me my choice. Do I want to be murdered and raped by a chimp or just murdered by a chimp? By the way, I like Brian's like, uh, if they deserve to die, why don't they deserve to be raped by a chimp before they die is really the new with with great powers comes great responsibilities. <laughs> Thanks for ruining my perfect idea. I'm already drawing my van, all right? And what's, and what's funny is like like you're on one side of town, you're so proud of your setup, and then you and then all of a sudden like news reports are coming out, like, wait, 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 rape? What is what is going on? <laughs> what? And then we, we run into each other. I'm like, oh man, I loved your idea. I decided Is your, is your chimp is humping your leg? <laughs> was was chimp rape. Yeah. You're humping <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah, you can just like, see the Drudge Report headline now. Hero ape, a rapist? Question mark. I, I've got to go defend the honor of my chimp. <laughs> you rape, you ape, rape, one com- siren? Comes down to when a showdown between your chimp and my chimp, and your chimp keeps trying to rape my chimp in the middle of the you're fight. Bu- you're buying billboards from Clear Channel. <laughs> it's like, pick the right ape. No rape. Yeah. <laughs> rape ape strikes again. <laughs> Uh, before the broadcast, I went and I looked at uh, Pravda.ru, the yeah. Russian, uh, that fine, fine source of news. And it's great because the Russian newspaper gets translated into uh, what's the basically vernacular. Yeah, it's supposed to be English, but it's, it's sometimes the translations don't work at all. But they did have some uh, predictions from Nostradamians for 2010. Sweet. You ready for this? Yeah, I do have to know, though, are these, like, new predictions or, like, new ways of reading stuff that Nostradamus wrote? Well, I mean, <laughs> new ways of reading, because, you know, they keep predicting. It keeps not happening. <laughs> right, that's what I understand. Like, new... <laughs> I don't know if you got the memo on that, Brian, but... Uh... Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I, I'm really happy that, 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 that the Nostradamians have their own bobsled team this year. Yes. The Olympics. So, World War Three, November gonna feature bacteria bacteriological and chemical weapons oh i thought yeah. you were i thought you were gonna say like the war was against bacteria and like that is a world <laughs> war it's like interspecies <laughs> okay so uh world war three november bacteria chemical agents who's on the slate Who, who's who's it versus oh, i'm glad you asked that it's gonna be western europe versus the usa oh there's an upset and then Wait there's potential. Minute. We get a second crack at the Germans? Um, well, all of Western Europe, apparently. And then UK versus France. 
which you know is uh, all of history. <laughs> so wait, so it's but so it's us versus us in the UK tag team, right? No, versus no, Western no. Europe? West Western Europe is UK. Really? Yeah. So like they're in the middle of that. They're fighting each other. They're they're yeah, fighting is- us, and then then maybe there's a little breakout fight between you know. This is like if you picture it's like eleven o'clock on a Friday night and USA shows up on one side of the chain link fence and it's got its chain. Ah crap. USA has its chain there, and then on the other side is all of Western Europe. But like while the rumble's happening, meanwhile, UK and France have a little scuffle. Yeah, my little, you know, Mussolini kind of upset with the the Fuhrer kind of thing. Exactly. So, like, I mean, I get, I like, you know, us and Britain versus rest of Europe. I like those odds. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm for that. I, mean, I don't want to fight Britain. I like Britain. You know, I like all of Europe. I mean, I'm not kidding. But, you know, Britain is like, you know, they're our pals. And so is yeah, France, too. So is France, too. You know, the Americans over there. <laughs> yeah. They love to hear that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, one of those things where it's like, you know, if we, if we got beef with them, I got beef with us. Like, all right, guys, let's just, let's just figure this out. What do you want? What do we got to do to make this right? But, Anyhow, that's one of the predictions. So, you know, I mean, what would what would instigate that? Some financial collapse, fighting over resources? Any thoughts? I got to ah. tell you, I I don't know. I'm I'm really surprised that's what they went with. It's sort of it's sort of it's sort of so obvious that it's clever because it's like I would have totally expected World War 3's got to be like Australia versus Greenland or something. Like that's what I want to hear. But like the old standby, yes. the U.S. and all it's of a really inconvenient war for both parties. Yeah. It would be. A wait, wait, where is the front line of that yeah. war? They got to drill through the Earth's core. <laughs> oh, dude, wouldn't that be great? They're doing battle like with magma robots in the middle and, of the and, Earth. That's and mole men, Brian, too. Yeah, the la- lava where people. Where do the mole men align? And the lava people. The Zimmerman note to the lava people. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you the mantle. If you side with us, <laughs> so so uh, what what does it take? Because like you know, we can imagine some Tom Clancy scenario. You know, India, China gang up against the U.S. Some of the uh, you know our well, Australian I mean, here's powers. the thing: like, world wars normally have roots to them, right? And yeah. and there's certainly like there's a little bit of beef with us in Western Europe, but not where near as much beef as let's say a China or a Russia or something like that, like. There, there's some, you know, Georgia, Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, I don't know. I think if you want to heat that thing up in a major way, like we're talking about, you know, head of state assassination, but something like that. And again, it's like, that would be pretty huge. Like what's the, uh, was it Thomas Friedman that says no two countries that have McDonald's have ever gone to war against each other? Yeah. How did that phase, how did that, was that true through like the, uh, the Serbian crisis? I don't know. Do they have? Maybe it was like maybe it was McDowell's. Like they couldn't afford yeah. the. Full yeah, I know. I always McDonald's always knew franchise. that. I always knew that truism, but I wondered if at what point did if that was if that still hold up? Because then Mike McDonald's went to that sort of hyper expansion. But yeah, I mean, there there's that thing when you have when you're trading with other people and you're heavily trading with them, you don't go to war with them, which is you know one of the best arguments against these anti globalization groups is that you know you look at these countries that are highly dependent upon other countries, they don't want to fight each other. And but you know you can imagine a scenario where you know we had you know Germany was a big trading power. Well, you know what? I think you nailed it. It's when the blockade it goes up. It's when the trade breaks down. It's oh yeah. When, it's when Avatar Two announces it will come out <laughs> everywhere in the world except for Western Europe, 
Like that's going to be how it breaks down. That's our major export. Well, in all seriousness, think about a situation where you have the economies continue to get worse. Okay. Resources get scarce. Okay. You know, one of the, you know, the, the biggest predictions for 21st century global war is oil scarcity. All of a sudden you got to fight over oil. But the thing is it never happens this out and out sort of direct way. It always happens in an indirect way. You know, somebody says, oh, you know, you're exceeding some sort of trade surplus. You've, you've invaded this group or whatever. And then you do a, you know, some sort of blockade or something like that. You know, all of a sudden, you know, we start to blockade ports in Europe because of some sort of dispute. Yeah, or they do the same virtual, thing. We set up a BitTorrent blockade. That'll send us to war. Yeah, uh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I like Brian. How about Avatar? Wait, no, BitTorrent. You know, uh, we shut down the World of Warcraft server. <laughs> well, because that's but, the thing, Brian. Is 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 trade equals money spent, right? You know, yeah. BitTorrent is kind of the the uh, the opposite of that. Yeah, it's, all, uh, yeah all, all the people who don't participate in the economy and <laughs> don't enlist are going to get upset, and, and they're well, going to post what, very your, angry your, emails on, on letters and stuff is. on Dig. What, what is the one thing that could cause a conflict, like a World War? conflict between u.s and all of western europe oh i think it's like you know something like uh you know sarkozy or andrea merkel get you know just their brains blown out and somehow it's tied back to a, a u.s or a you know a Mossad agent or something come from orders on high that uh you know for some reason or another we needed them gone but it I, won't like, it, it won't happen that never that won't lead to you you've got to have because again, then it Wait. comes back to well, it was a rogue group or whatever. It's got to be resource scarcity. It's always no, resource scarcity. No, Every no. war in history is resource like, scarcity. Justin just described like the big twist in modern warfare too, was like was like some some is <laughs> some Americans participated undercover in a terrorist attack, and the terrorists twisted it to make it look like the Americans did the attack, and then right. the uh, Russians invaded America, Wolverine right. style. I, I, I understand, and, and you read a lot of Tom Clancy novels. I'm saying every war in history is based on war, resource scarcity. Well, that's why at least mine's based on a resource. Yeah, yeah. that's our big export is is a nerd resource. <laughs> entertainment, dude. That's yeah. that's what America's good for. What what's uh, uh Neil Stevenson's uh, big book uh, Snow Crash was saying like there are two things that America continued to export perfectly, and one was entertainment, the other was on time pizza delivery. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so so all right, resource scarcity, and and I I, I definitely see see where you're, where you're at there, Andrew. So, I mean, then what what is the resource that we share with with Western Europe that would that would take us to blows? Where would we just be opening both barrels? Because like it's been it's been a while since the U.S. has really you know totally went balls to the walls. Yeah, I mean, there's been in it, been while since any major power, you know, with another major power other than smaller conflicts since World War II, essentially, yeah, Korean War, Korean War. I mean, the Korean Peninsula wasn't what you consider major, but you had you know us kind of going head to head with Chinese to an extent yeah. there. Uh, you know, I think it comes down to you know you you go through some massive oil shortage, some just unpredicted loss. You know, some terrorist group goes and some green group goes and somehow manages to nuke all the major oil fields. And okay. so all of a sudden, there's like no more. Our oil production gets just severely shot down. Oh, so you, know, you think it's America doing the attacking in this scenario? No, no. I'm just starting off with starting that the premise where all of a sudden the oil resources have been dramatically declined. And then so all of a sudden, countries are going to try and secure whatever oil they can. And so, you know, countries that, you know, have contracts might say, well, you know, we know we promised you X amount of oil, but we're going to have to make these contracts null and void. 
So the last remaining places that have oil all of a sudden become that much more worthwhile. You know, right now you you can buy oil from a lot of different places. You can buy it from Venezuela. You can buy it from Russia. You can buy it from the Middle East. You can buy it from the North Sea. And there's a lot of you. All of a sudden, you start collapsing all of these, leaving it to where you only have maybe like ocean production of oil. And then all of a sudden, you know, countries start trying to seize. You know, what if every land-based form of oil, you know, production was just totally nuked or something like that? So all you're left was uh, ocean-based. That's, that's not even possible. Uh, what's the story like? The um, uh, the tar sands of uh. Canada have enough oil to meet current production needs for the next hundred years. It's oh no, just, Brian! Uh, Brian, no, I, I know, and, I, and we can get into methane hydrates and all that. There's always going to be enough hydrocarbons to last us forever. But to, to start processing those, okay, it's still going to take you know a five year startup or something. Yes, you know yes, you're going to have a short term. You're absolutely going to have a short term problem. You know, we'll move to the next thing. I'm with you on. I'm totally with you on that. But short term, all of a sudden, you nuke all the major oil producing fields, make them radioactive. You know, the only thing that'd be safe relatively would be the ocean ones. And so then all of a sudden, you know, do you have gunships start protecting these things and, you know, become Mad Max? I'm saying that's a scenario. That's one scenario. You know, you, you know can what's have funny? It's like everything, everything sounded terrible until you said Mad Max. And then it sounded yeah. kind of awesome. Yeah, like leather jackets. We get dogs that can like pull triggers on yeah. guns. And <laughs> Well, another scenario could be like you have some sort of pandemic that just wipes out such massive amounts of people. Now that one, that... I believe, like if, if, it, mm-hmm. if all of a sudden the regular course of human interaction breaks down. If all of a sudden there's no way to meet face to face and not think that, that, that just talking to somebody will kill you. Like that seems like a good way to break everything that makes sense about society right now. That's what I worry about. So let me ask you this question. How do you feel about martial law in situations like that? Let the Martians enjoy Martian law. Mm. (laughs) But, um, but I mean, no. Wendy, when when do when are you okay with the military stepping in and running things for a while? Oh, I'm not the guy to ask that. No, you're exactly yes, the guy no, to ask that. No, you are that guy. You're the guy we are asking that. I'm the, I'm the crazy guy who's you know who's got like you know pieces of bush duct tape to him all over, you know, trying to hide in a homemade jelly suit, waiting to you know shoot whoever comes within right. ten yards of his property. We're Wolverines from Red Dawn, right? That's our plan. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm here. I hear it. I hear it. So we just we just go as far away from whatever authority there is. Like let them. I, mean, I don't know. Up. I don't know. It's like the closest. Uh, what's the closest we have to this? It's like you know. I'm I'm such a fan of the internet's complete anarchy, self governing setup, uh, and I'm I'm trying to reconcile when there would be a time that I think it would be a good idea to bust out the martial law. But I guess I guess maybe. Mm. When there's some kind of weird <laughs> scarcity of of yeah wait wait meanwhile Gizmodo shuts down the comment section yeah wait. or was well, that yeah. in gadget in gadget sorry yeah uh well I mean that's the thing Brian is like the internet is regulated by crazy anarchy but then again like in in the large scheme of things it's because there's no stakes on the internet well except if you're a content holder yeah well no 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 there are I mean I'm saying there there are stakes but not stakes in the same way that there are no, stakes in like I mean, the global I mean, economy look look you you are correct in that right now it's laughable to think that there's anything on the internet worth going to war over but that's going to change in the next yeah. 10 20 50 100 oh years. I, the, the internet like, itself i mean the, the idea of the connectivity is certainly is you know you start shutting off i mean that's certainly certainly that the, the ability to communicate absolutely no, what i'm saying what i'm saying is is that in the next 10 years there will be some case if if it hasn't happened already somebody's going to jail 
for stealing a virtual good, like a sort of omens in World of Warcraft or whatever. Well, there have been there have been like there have actually been some like in Korean places like that. There have actually been some like charges and stuff over that. Right. Okay. So that's how it yeah. begins, and then it goes on farther. Like once you have established that these are commodities and they're worth something, then all of a sudden you know, and we already have you know, we're already talking about cyber terrorism. Like mm -hmm. at what point? Is there a good or value? Like, what if somebody had the ability to completely destroy internet usage in another country? Would not that country mm -hmm. go to war in order to regain their ability to connect well, that to the rest the, of the world? That was the Estonian conflict, where basically they claimed that the Russians went down and shut down their internet and their basically most of their any communication services for a while. Does any one nation like, like could we, you know, just turn the keys and just shut off Western Europe? From the internet well that brings us to sort of another point here was that you know remember google made their announcement a week ago talking about how they were going to do open search in china because they were frustrated with china and part of the reason their, their frustration stemmed from they saw a ton of google accounts that belonged to chinese citizens or chinese dissidents were being hacked from sources that appeared to be in china and it's a pretty well established concept that the chinese government has thousands and thousands of hackers who are constantly trying to hack into systems. There's been ongoing persistent attacks against the Pentagon and other defense agencies that people believe are coming from China and yeah. that are probably state run. And this is, you know, this is not some weirdo conspiracy thing. This is stuff. If you go look at, you know, the, you know, the, the reports on persistent attacks, whatever it comes to, and you can't quite prove it because somebody could be doing this from Russia into China or whatever, but you know the, the people who seem to have the most te technical capability and wherewithal to do it would be the Chinese, and so the Chinese are certainly trying to do that. And there are fears that like a lot of these you know these Chinese routers and modems and things like that, and these computers that are being built in China and sent here could have back doors. Um, for the record, love Chinese people. Yeah, what, what's funny is I'm, I'm thinking to myself, it's like, you're making a pretty good case. We should go to war with China. Yeah, no, I don't think Unfortunately, that's, that's not Western Europe. No, no. No, again, but we were just going to the larger question of the internet war and that. Yeah. So, uh, in, in as much so, as that, we have, who knows what we're capable of. I'm sure that the, the Pentagon has thought of scenarios in which they could do that. And, you know, we control the largest number of communication satellites. You know, the Russians, you know, probably second and then like India and then probably the Chinese after that. So, you know, that's, uh, yeah, I would say yes. But how much damage would we take too? Oh, plenty. I mean, that is also a card that you can really only, to its full extent, play once, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, once once you shut people off, then all of a sudden they stop coming to you necessarily as the easy way to get their communication. Yeah, you know, you shut it down once, then the next, the next version of the internet is going to be basically, you know... Uh, it's going to be Indian Superman, and it's going to be Indian Star Wars. Well, no, I think I think the next version would be just totally it would be swarm based. No one person would be able to shut it down. You know, it would just totally Ooh. be uh, good. That's what you want. I like I like our I like our finger on the trigger, just so everybody knows who's who's daddy. Yeah, but that everybody you don't never know as well as a finger on the trigger too, and that's you know the thing with the whole the Chinese hacking situation is here Google is publicly saying, listen, there's this concerted effort coming from within the government of China to hack into Google, you know, to try and figure out not just you know there's there's the other kind of attacks that may have been taking place to try and gain access to all of their data, you know, how disturbing is that? That's pretty disturbing. Yeah, so something fun to think about. Hey, impending man. apocalypse. Yeah, man, you know, listen, you know. I, uh, hey, wait, just just for the record, like, uh, 
did what just happen? Like you guys all mocked my my internet war, and then we just spent a bunch of time talking about how no, no, we we, we we mocked your idea of it being over the release of Avatar. <laughs> no, well, well, what Avatar was my representation of our main export, which is entertainment information technology, which boils down to the internet. Well, see, the, the, okay. Well, you see, here's the thing, because like when you say like, oh, we don't release Avatar, I'm like, well, France actively blocks American releases so their own their own movies can succeed. China blocked, you know, uh, stop showing Avatar so that some movie on Confucius could get screen time. So I'm saying that many countries would look forward to that and would welcome us to block some of our exports because they want they don't want to send money out of country. You know, they want I, money I believe, to go in. I believe that's the case of the government in charge, mm-hmm. but clearly. Uh, the people want there's it. There's a demand for yeah. The people want agreed. it. Right? Totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. They'll just torn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we were mocking you, <laughs> but you agreed in the end, and that's all that really matters to me. Yeah, yeah. To your convoluted point, yes, you're correct. Yes, thank you. Um. So Brian, uh, let's talk technology here. Oh, good. Uh. So uh, I know you're a big Mac guy. I just love Macs. Can't get enough of Mac. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love uh, Mac. You know, it's seeing some of your tweets about working on your Windows computer and your updates and stuff like that. It's not unlike talking to a friend who's going through cancer, you know. <laughs> it's got this new treatment. It's going to be good. This should help it out, you know. Uh, got this new medication. I'm not going to be I'm losing hair. I'm seven now. They tell me the prognosis is good. Good, yeah, see, Most yeah. people make it through okay. Not like it used to be and all that, yeah. yeah. Hoping my new patch comes in next week. <laughs> really could use it. The, the, the odds the way, got was, much better. I'm an old school Apple II Plus guy, for what that matters. Oh, good to see you stuck with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they have newer models. No, no, that's, that's, <laughs> I'm still using that right now. So, well, Brian, that's, that is the question we want to go to. Where do, where is this going to be several years from now? I think that, uh, I, I think that a, a technology we're going to get to is, um, and, and Justin's heard me say this over and over again, is that as video projectors get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper, you know, you can buy you can buy a video projector for your kids that ten years ago would have cost four thousand dollars. Now you can get it at Walmart for eighty bucks. It's not that good, but they're only going to get better. You're going to get to a point where in every room of your house, if you want, you know, you're going to install one or two of these projectors up on the ceiling, and they're going to have you know the Keystone built-in technology to be why able not, to adjust. Why not have just one that you set in right at the at the base of the fan or of of the light in the middle of the room that projects onto all four walls simultaneously? That's great if people don't live in your house, but people are in your house and they cast shadows. Well, yeah, but but like meanwhile, like if if it's set up in the middle of the room, up at the up at the roof, and if it has keystoning built in, you've seen these projectors right now where you can set them like three feet away from the wall. Mm-hmm. No, and I, I know you 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 would still need you would st- if you're going to walk up close to the thing, you still need you'd need another you need to have a couple projectors to cover all your angles. Right, you, but the point the point I'm saying is that is that you'll be able to project on all four walls very cheaply and very easily mm-hmm. in a short amount of time. Yeah, and I'm just saying it'll get to the point where it'll be cheap enough that you can put multiple ones up there and they'll be, they'll work together, so you can walk around and never get a shadow. Oh, that is cool. That's the idea because because yeah. the idea is then because then it's like you could watch every wall could project video, but every wall can be an interface. You can walk up to your wall and you can touch it and interact with it. So. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, well, I don't know. Like, do you think it'll be in an obvious way where it's like you go up and you touch it and you open menus? Or will it be in a subtle way where it's like uh, all of a sudden in your kid's room, 
it's an uh, aquarium and there are virtual fish running around and when you walk up with your hand and wave it around it scares away the fish sure it do all that too but when you want to do you know show your music library because you want to see what song to play it'll pop up you know all of your albums and you can look at the albums and say oh touch that one you know or say play that one dude you know? the teenagers of tomorrow are gonna have like full oh, know, size man. porn on all four walls <laughs> virtual yes. orgy style so like that's that's the, the you know we'll call that smart surfaces. I think that's going to be the the futures. Every surface becomes a smart surface. So you know where does that mean these portable devices? You know what place you're going to want some sort of personal portable device. You know and uh, you know you see the roll up. I like that they show these roll up screens. Like oh this is a roll up screen and like wow it rolls up to the size of a tennis ball can. <laughs> you know like right, right. yeah that's convenient. <laughs> Just tuck that well, in my pocket you, here. No, well, Tom Jones. Question. Which is more convenient? You walk into a room and all four walls are projections and you're able to call for anything you want and any kind of media you shows up on any wall you want at any size you want, as interactive as you want. Or do you have an implant in your eyes attached to your brain that essentially creates the same immersive kind of experience? Which is going to happen first? The wall thing before the implant. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, the wall way before the implant. We're close to the. We could. You could build the wall thing now. Yeah. yeah. Well, because that's the thing is, there's always going to be a moral hurdle that you're going to have to clear when you're modifying your own body before just putting stuff. Okay. What about on your walls? What about the middle ground? Uh, and this is again, this is from Neil Stevenson's Snow Crash. The idea that you have uh, a projector that has a red laser, a green laser, and a blue laser that actually shoots directly into your eye and draws the image on the back of your retina. Well, there's the, there, there are better ideas than that are the contact lenses. Which... Are there contact lenses with like, L, like LCDs on them or what? Yeah, they, they can do, like, they can do like, like one or two light displays right now on a contact lens. That's awesome. And so that's only getting better. I mean, that's in that, that's a you know it's a slow moving technology, but that's certainly a direction. So yeah, I mean we'll we'll have like the first. It's going to be like first. I think it's going to be any anything as a surface. Then it's going to be the contact lens but, that but does the, that. Here's the reason I ask, and and it's not a question of which can we do first. Mm -hmm. Clearly, we could do anything as a surface first, but which will be economically feasible first? Because there's a considerable amount of infrastructure you have to install in a room to set up multiple projectors and the ability the software in order to to do everything, but like uh, I could imagine that kind of thing hanging out on the fringes for a long time and then all of a sudden say, hey, why bother installing a bunch of crap on your walls when you can put in these contacts and all of a sudden um, you get the same experience. The, the, the technology for projectors is here right now. That, that It's just a cost. It's just getting that cost down. So the, techn the projector technology is here right now. It's a matter of, you know, saying, okay, you know, and at first all, you just put, you know, it's you're going to start seeing Imagine, you know, Project Natal combined with your average home video projector, you know, right. and then so well, you start controlling and then, then you say, well, let's let's make that once these once you start bringing these the cinema quality projectors down even lower and you're able to shoot them from oblique angles into your house and do that. That's it's those are just those are just evolutionary steps. You can say, OK, this is where we are now. You can predict the cost of a projector five years from now. And if somebody says, "Oh, well, let's how do we how do we start locking all these displays together, get them to play nice?" That's it's a software problem and not a hard one compared to other things we're trying to solve. Now, what here's the difference I'm thinking of. Like like uh, for example, there are lots of houses where it's like you know, let's say you wanted to network all your computers. It was a considerable amount of investment to run wires throughout your entire house. 
-hmm. And a lot of people held off on doing that because it was uh, expensive. And then out of nowhere, 802.11b came out, and it's like, well, it's freaking leapfrog. For 100 bucks, I can buy a router and all my things mm -hmm. are connected. Like, that's what I'm wondering if wouldn't happen if, if because of the physical infrastructure involved in the kind of Natal-based uh, projection walls that we're talking about, if enough people wouldn't delay doing that that when uh, when something else came along, something completely personal that goes anywhere you want and projects anything you want in your eyes, could it leapfrog the same way Wi-Fi leapfrogged briefly over uh, wired networking? One, I don't know. Two, uh, following the course of development of things like the contact lens, and the projection stuff like that, you've got two things. You've got the technological hurdle, which you, if you look at it, you know, using the most generous sort of curve, you know, that let's say Kurzweil might still have you're still going to be 10 to 15 years out before you're going to get a really good, you know, maybe 10 years out before you get a really good display in that contact lens. Really? It, ah, that's a bummer. I mean, a really good, but I mean, that's, it's not that far out, but then, you know, then you got to figure FDA and all this other stuff by the time it becomes socially acceptable and something you want to do, you know, you got lays and then you got to figure out long-term how's this going to affect, you know, I, I think we'll go there eventually, but how's it going to affect the, you know, your muscles and your eyes and all this stuff. I mean, in terms of the physical projection, the only hurdle they have to clear is make it cheap enough. Yeah. And cheap that, and easy to install. I mean, that's it. like, if you can get it cheap enough to where it's on somebody's home budget and it's easy enough to install that it's like Ikea furniture. Yeah. You literally, you plug it into wherever you, you plug it in, wherever you plug in a, you know, overhead light fixture. Yeah, you know? I think uh, I I think I perceive those as being bigger hurdles than you guys do. But I mean, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's like, but we've seen you know every element of that technology. Like, did you see Marco Tempest display with his? Uh, yes. The, okay, the video thing that he did. Yes. You know, the, so it, it's the same thing. You know, basically, you're using a an, a computer, you're using a camera, and a projector, and the camera's mapping where the projector hits. And so, you know, that Marco built that using open source software. So the software is there right now. It's not even you got to develop new environments. That's there right now. It's just somebody saying, oh, let me let me build a unit like this. You know, that used By the one way, of those, you know, the, the place. For, yeah, for the home viewers, anyone who was wondering what we're talking about with mm -hmm. the Marco Tempest thing, I'm sure we could put a link to it on the show notes. Yeah, yeah we'll do False. that. Good, good call. No, we no. can't. It's impossible. <laughs> it just brief, brief, dis exist, brief description. What it was, Marco held hold up this square frame. And he's in front of some subway station in Tokyo. And like the frame, he starts rotating and it has a projected image on it. It shows balls bouncing around it, whatever. And he can shake it and twist it around and move it all around. And the projection stays on the frame. And what he did was he had in back of the frame, he had four LED lights that were infrared. And so the camera, it was a PlayStation camera next to the projector, was tracking where they went and adjusting the image accordingly to that. It was like an augmented reality with projection. And but so, it's like it, reverse augmented reality, instead uh -huh. of like a, a virtual image that can't that is seen but doesn't exist in real life, there uh, it, it actually was projected in real life. Onto That's a me saying object. augmented reality with projection. Yes. <laughs> exactly so yeah that's so that's what it's it's awesome it's fantastic and you know it, it's a technologically speaking you know it, it used available technologies you know marco you know talks a bit about what he used it for and so that's there and so i mean literally you're we're a korean company away or taiwanese or chinese company away from to say you know let's let's combine you know a camera with you know a projector and so you can do this stuff so i, I think that's much more closer term you know we're seeing forms of that like with project natal and whatnot so that's my prediction and again who knows bro i don't know i mean i certainly yeah, we, know. We, yeah we're a chinese company away if they could take five minutes and stop trying to hack my picasa account yes <laughs> <laughs> 
there is that. So, but you know, in the end, who knows, Brian, you're absolutely right. Things come out of nowhere. You don't expect it. You know, that was like, oh, we need to have fiber optic, fiber optic, then DSL. You know, people said, well, if we change, you know, the switchers, all of a sudden we have a whole much faster home phone connection or internet. So let's do one more topic. Whee! It's questions for you, Brian. Uh-oh. Uh, you're, uh, you're president again. Okay. Again? God. You're president. I keep trying to get out, and they keep electing me. President Barack Brushwood. <laughs> Barack O'Brushwood. Okay. Your science advisor knocks on your door. Yes. What is it, science advisor? I'm trying to make policy here. Walks inside. Why are you walking so awkwardly, science advisor? I thought I told you to just walk normally. It's carpeted. You shouldn't be making that much noise. Put something down on your desk. Why are you slamming things on my desk? Puts his finger to his lips and tells you to shut up. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Flips open the dossier. Right? Flips open the dossier. Pulls out some photos. Bam, bam, bam. You look at the photos. Is he accusing me of something? You have something you should be hiding. Well, I don't know. You this should be accused like he's of revealing something. Like it's photos of me. Are, am I in these photos? No, Brian. You're not in these photos. There's nothing okay. to do with you. Well, then I could care less about him. What do you got to say, <laughs> science advisor? Come on. There's space. Outlet. Yeah. What does a science advisor know about? Why is a science advisor accusing you of something? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, because you were banging the science advisor's <laughs> wife, <laughs> Mr. President. <laughs> in the what photos. Are some sort of object, some sort of mysterious space object. It's going to have an intercept course with us in eleven months. Is this a natural object? It has structure. No kidding. Like there's no doubt. It's like a dodecahedron, clearly heading towards Earth. It, it, it looks. It's. It's. Yeah. You know. It's. It's got structure to it. It's like this is like your signs are. Listen. This is natural. I'll eat that hat. And you're like, that's George Washington's hat. You can't eat that hat. <laughs> He's like, I'll eat it anyway, because it yeah. won't matter. Because if yeah. it's natural, we're all doomed. Well, it's not. It's not necessarily going to hit us. Yeah, but it's on an intercept course for us. But it's I mean, like- a close, close by kind of course. You know, like it's going to match orbit with us. Okay. So, all right. So it could I'm creating be- a scenario, right? Don't question me. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm proposing possibilities of where this could be headed. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, the question is, is uh, have, have we tried to establish contact with it? We send any friendly messages? Well, and they just like, there's a guy that's thinking like, oh, you know, we, we had Arecibo trying to bounce a signal on it. We've not, we haven't got a response yet. But this thing's going to come, it's going to come very close to us. You know, it's going to follow us, track us with the orbit. It doesn't look like it's going to hit us. If it does, it's, it's big, but it's not super big. So it'll probably break up in the atmosphere. You know, it's not a, it's not a dinosaur killer. Okay. Yeah. He's like, listen, this thing is, this thing looks like it's, it's made by intelligent life. This is amazing because this is one of those things like I remember my friend Gus asking, hey, so let's say you find out for sure that aliens exist. How does that change your work day tomorrow? And it's like, not at all, because and and I work at NASA. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, maybe at NASA, maybe at NASA. changes. But it's like it's like all the all the weird existential questions, the ones that that matter most matter most like uh, i don't know spiritually intellectually none of them necessarily 
affect things on a day-to-day basis. So it's like, so what do we got here? Maybe it's a craft that's got some aliens in it. Maybe it's a probe. Regardless, it seems like the big takeaway is, guess what? Absolutely, no doubt about it, aliens exist. And yeah, your science advisor is like, listen, I talked to the boys at NASA. I talked to Elon Musk. 11 months, going to be tight. We can build something to intercept with it. Oh, shoot. Like, just say, <laughs> just deal with the problem. It's like, it's going to be $20 billion. Listen, Brian, your popularity is high. You got a chance at a second term here. Do you really need the chaos associated with an extraterrestrial visit to muck up this next election cycle? Do we just take care of business for $20 billion? Whoa, whoa, hold on. Uh, number one, if all of a sudden there's an alien contact, you are sure to get elected. Like nobody, nobody throws out the president in the, million, in, in the middle of the alien, alien contact. negotiation. Please, no, are you kidding? No, but what if, what if, what if we're judged and judged poorly? Listen, I've got my constituents to think of. There's a lot going on here. No, no, I'm sorry. As as your political advisor, I advise you to get out there and okay, first of uh, start all, Andrew, building a ship now. All right, who let, let me Justin be my political advisor. Really? <laughs> How did we you, end up you, here? You, you, listen, it was a bender. You banged the science uh, advisor's wife, uh, and you made me your political advisor. Yeah, you know, it was the, one hell of a bender. The, the last one, surprisingly not, Justin made some comment about retarded people, and you got some. <laughs> Emails from the Special Olympics, rightly so. And you hired Justin, which, if you wanted to avoid that kind of problem, probably a poor choice. Yeah. So, you, so say, you say ride the alien popularity wave. Listen, listen, Mr. Political Pundit here. We're talking about the fate of mankind, okay? <laughs> listen, part okay, of let, mankind let me add, let me throw some information in your way. Let me, let me, let me, let me brush your Tiag's teeth just a little bit more. Here. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's floss these canines, okay? Okay. He says, listen. Here's well, the by thing. the way, that's a, that's a nice play on words because canines are a type of teeth and the dog. That's cool. dun dun dun. So he's like, listen, all right, we can we can twenty billion, we can intercept, put some people on it, whatever. We can go make contact with it, go nearby, whatever. See what it is. Yes. Because uh, if it's if it's if there's nobody on it, we want to know what's on there. You know. Yeah. The, yeah, that seems like responsible recon. Yeah, because like twenty he's billion. Like, he's like, listen, Russians. We know if we don't do it, they're going to do it. Oh, dude, then we have to do it. Come on, the Russians? So, so you're saying, yeah, $20 billion. Oh, easily, easily. And keep in mind, maybe, maybe my sense of numbers are a little bit messed up over the last two administrations, where all of a sudden $20 billion just doesn't, you know, maybe $20 trillion would give me pause, but, you know, $20 billion? Sure. Okay. Maybe it goes up to like a hundred. He's like, it could cost $100 billion. Yeah, whatever. All right. I, I'm still. Not, I'm not even hearing these numbers. I'm thinking a, a couple days in the desert. Now, well, wait a minute. Now, is this only inside the Oval Office, or can we kind of leak that there's an alien thing? Oh, it's out. It's out. They're like, there's photos of it, some lower res stuff. This was like, this is the really high tech spy satellite stuff that, like, you know, they don't let the astronomers look at yet. You know, well, but, dude, you have to. There's no other choice. I mean, yeah, people are going to want to know what the hell this thing is. You're going to. It, I'm it, saying he gets the, he gets it first. All right, it's going to hit in just a couple hours. All right, good lord, man. All right, <laughs> I'm saying the president is in the loop on this. He's the first one. Okay, before it goes to Mister AP to go run it, before Matt Drudge puts it up there. Okay, it hits the president's hey, desk. By the way, Justin, I would like listen, to think that listen. can happen. Justin, you're a very yeah. trusted political advisor. I appreciate everything you've done in yeah. my administration so far. However, right. Andrew, 
He's the science man, okay? Can we listen to Andrew and Thank not you. freak Thank out, you. all right? Thank you. Yeah, your, your right. political advisor is a little bit too hair trigger. Hey, listen, dude. If it were up to me, he'd still be buried in my Why aren't somewhere. you doing it yet? <laughs> <laughs> he's already he's already leaking to Fox News and New York Times I'm like on this, the phone how incompetent right now. you are, you know. <laughs> I'm on the uh, phone look, with uh Brit Hume as we speak. Sources I'm close gonna... to the president are surprised by his lack of decision making on this. <laughs> <laughs> his, I'm gonna tell you right now. His absolutely. cowardly, politically motivated <laughs> indecisiveness has Said, said a, a source with knowledge here. of the situation, I'm freaking out right now. He, Why he, won't he just do this? Yeah, he, he, His immediate reaction was to ask for a Pew poll to find out how his popularity would be affected. <laughs> well, look, now that we understand flat out that everyone knows the aliens are coming, you yeah. better believe I'm going to throw every resource at making sure we say hello first. And that does mean <laughs> rushing out to meet them with a handshake. Or so if, if it was, if, you, if your signs are like, listen, we can keep this a secret. Nobody will ever know. You're like, all right, bury it. Um, <laughs> you have to hesitate. You even have to hesitate <laughs> on that question. <laughs> even um, you're, you're considering the option of burying the most important event in modern mankind. Well, because, look, just so you can get reelected. Know. We don't know. What if they show up and it's You're like a they... villain. You're every villain in a movie ever that's been present. Okay, clearly I am. All right, now it's out. Now I've got like You're a the one that, that pays for that forehead. secret ESP program of fire yes. starters and then has them killed off because you don't yes. want to be politically embarrassed. Dude, you're totally you're totally Michael Douglas as president and not Morgan Freeman. That's right. Okay, good. I'm glad we're all on the same page now. Listen, my two most trusted advisors, <laughs> I finally made it clear to you who I am. How are we going to handle this? <laughs> well, I mean, Tower Justin and I are going to handle this. We're going to find some guy that looks like you, then murder you. Oh, come <laughs> on. <laughs> Dude, you got we know it. which way this ship is going. Here's the thing. I, I mean, and it, it leaks that we contemplating suppressing the most important event of mankind. We're not going to get other jobs after this. Dude, only if it gets out. Only Look. if it gets out. You know, oh, yeah, thanks. Stop it. Listen, Brian this is a win -win Millhouse. On all levels. Nixon it, it, Brushwood. <laughs> Yeah, Nixon if you brushful. listen, this thing's out. Everyone's gonna want to go, you know, meet the aliens, see what they're up to. It doesn't matter if they're hostile or not, because if they're hostile, then we're in intergalactic war, and nobody reelects or, or changes the president during an intergalactic war. If they're nice, then you get credit for the best and biggest act of diplomacy in humankind. Like there was a, this is a no lose situation for you politically. Wait, wait, wait. So you're saying I should walk out and hold out my hands and maybe they vaporize me and, and that's a good thing? No, you send out some, you know, whoa, astronauts. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Some Secretary I mean, of State. We're, yeah. All we're talking about is sending some astronauts to go intercept yeah. the ship and maybe go look inside and go shake hands. We're not talking about anybody landing or whatever, okay? Well, yeah. Well, then, yeah, dude, send send Richard Garriott uh, and, uh, uh, I don't know, Richard, Richard Garriott's <laughs> clone. <laughs> and Richard Garrett. Uh, hey, Richard's been in space, all right? <laughs> Why don't we go invent another video game? Well, no, this is, uh, I mean, you, you send somebody who's popular with the people, who's famous, and be like, you know, Godspeed, Wait, Richard Why do they Garriott. gotta be famous? Oh, come on, dude. Really? All right. This whatever. is how you're selecting your astronauts? Popularity? Really? Did you miss the part where I'm the president of the United States, and I <laughs> yeah, have another term coming up? 
Yeah, and we're we're thinking, man, you know, for for most of the naive political machination you're doing, we're amazed at how you became president in the first place. Exactly. And by the way, Brian, um, uh, I don't know if you can really uh, do these complex calculations in your head, but uh, pretty much anybody who goes up and makes first contact with aliens are going to be pretty famous in their own right. Like, I don't really think that we need to send somebody up there who's got a Q rating. So you're going to send me. All right, that's understood. Okay, but all right. You know what? We'll send Andrew and Richard Garriott. I insist right. Richard Garriott go. He's been in space. I know. <laughs> I love. I love this jealousy that underlies your tone. It's like he's been in. He's space. been in space. Why? Come on! I haven't been in space. Come on, Brian. What? Remember we used to do weird things before I became your science advisor? There's no jealousy <laughs> underlying my tone. That jealousy is throughout my tone. <laughs> That is his tone. All right, so what happens? So we send Richard Garriott and Andrew up in a vessel <laughs> to meet the dodecahedron. With a copy what? of Tabula Rosa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. So, Andrew, assuming you're not uninvited to the space trip with Richard Garriott, what happens? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, assuming the invitation doesn't get pulled through last minute. Uh I'm not sure I want to go because, uh, well, I'm going to change the scenario. Okay, well, that's super... good because you know they what? They give me I'm magical powers, Justin. you know. Let's... I'm sending Justin instead. Good that's call. It. Justin Woo! going. That way to make a good first impression with him, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so anyway, I'm totally from Earth and everything. Uh, what's up, guys? <laughs> yeah. this like, is, you guys gonna... the, the guy I had to explain that if there was a nuclear war, the internet would still not be up and running, that he wouldn't be able to get <laughs> Wi-Fi. <laughs> was that... Did that episode ever make make it out? Was that no one of the pilot episodes? Yeah, it was our first one of our early episodes at Weird. <laughs> oh my god, that was a great moment. It's like I'm explaining to the guy that can't even get AT and T service half the time. The nuclear war might mean no, you're not going to get internet connectivity. <laughs> That's well, the world. Regardless, he lives you in better mind. cross your fingers because he's your he's your representative to the dodecahedrons. Well, well, here's my plan then. We send him and Richard Garriott. They'll just assume that Justin is some other alien race. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we have already, we've already communed yeah. uh, some sort of united international uh, federation. I, I always joke that, like, you know, Justin's Muppet alter ego is uh, Gonzo. You know, Gonzo not, was the, the, one Gon- the, the blue one to the big hook nose. You're not quite yeah, sure if he's a news. bird or yeah, what. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he is. I was like actually that's... thinking more like Animal from from the band. Oh, he looks like Animal for sure, for sure, <laughs> for sure. So anyhow, so we send Justin and Richard Garriott up in there, right? Spaceship yeah. comes close to it. We've got some high-tech dock. You go, like, how do it dock? How will it dock? Because we're docking things. It's a magnetic polymetal dock, all right? Wow. Pulls up alongside. We send signals. Nothing. This thing looks ancient, okay? Like, all right. They go across. They go inside. And this thing's like a couple football fields long, okay? Open up the door. They go inside of it. Empty. Right? Yeah. This is no weird. skeletons or nothing? Right? No skeletons. Nothing. Okay? They go search around it. They see some weird writing. They try and scrape it. Finally, they scrape a plate. They're like, they're confused by what they see. This doesn't make any sense. They look at it. They're like, there's seats that are like human-sized seats, and there's instruments and stuff, okay? And it says, uh, they see some writing, actually some English writing. It says, uh, you know, launched by the United States, okay? The USS, you know. Does it have a year? Sky shot. Yeah, I'm getting to the year. Sky shot, okay? Ready for the year? Yeah. 
2001. What? <laughs> what? Dun, dun, dun! Dude. Wow. Now, meanwhile, also, I'm just kind of imagining this whole thing like Michael Bay style, where like people are listening to this on really old radios, and a girl <laughs> in a halter top is standing in front of a conspicuously large American flag flapping in slow motion. That's right. Now, we've had the scenario where we find the ship like Sphere where it comes from the future. You have a scenario like Rendezvous, Rendezvous with Rama where it turns out that it's you know, some alien coming by. I thought for our scenario, we'll borrow a thing from, uh, I don't want to name the novel in case anybody here hasn't read it yet, but Brian and I both read it and liked it very much, where it comes from an alternate universe. Yes. And, and yes. And I think, I, think uh, I, I dropped a hint as to which book I was thinking of when I mentioned what I thought the vessel was. Okay. And that's cool. all I'll say there. There you go. So there you go. I don't know how it ends. But... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, nice. uh, okay. So, so what is the supposition here that this was what a returning vessel that just came back empty? So I guess at this point we, we turn our gaze inwards and we see what records, I mean, was anything going on in the United States presidential administration in 2001? Nothing happened in 2001 of interest at all. Nothing yeah, interesting. Yeah, okay. Well, I didn't think so, but that's what was weird because I was like, you know. I know. I didn't, no, we didn't, we didn't launch it. You know, it's like, and it's like we, you basically find records and we, we find that point in history where it deviated and realized, wow, this came from an alternate universe. Oh, wow. So you're saying that's definitely, wow. So there's like, um, you know, it, it says maybe on the plate, like, you know, launched by Richard Nixon, 2001, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Something that, cl- Wow. So what is that? What do, what do we do? I mean, it's not a two-way connection. We just yeah. have an artifact from an... This is, this is the same thing. This is exactly as if this is one of those existential questions answered. Well, guess I got to go drive the cab today because yeah. it's like, what does that change your life? Like, guess yeah, what? Yes. We're, we're looking at technology-wise. We're like, yeah, there's some stuff here. This and there, but nothing really, you know, we don't already have they in have some a, way. They have a PlayStation 2 in there. Yeah. It's like, unfortunately, it's technology from 2001, which yeah. is like... Well, know. I mean, this certainly culturally changes our worldview, though. I mean, mm. we're in parallel universe fever, mm. you know, after after word about this gets back. So so here's, oh, here's the thing. This is where it gets cool. You ready? So, yeah. like, the engineers go over, and they're like, yeah, you know, there's, like, we're looking at some of these microchip designs, and they're like, they're using aluminum conductors, which are kind of cool, and we're working on it. We think we could use some of that. And like, yeah, there's some stuff here, but it's really... It's really not unlike what we wouldn't have done if we hadn't spent, oh, billions of dollars like we did, and we kind of haven't. And they're like, oh, okay. And then somebody finds, like, you know, they find some records and stuff, and, like, we could, it appears, and then somebody finds a hard drive, right? And there's like, oh, is there any technical data? No, no, no. But there's an alternate history. Well, that's going to be fascinating. And then somebody's like, wow, we, we, we found the Beatles catalog from the 1980s. Wait. You know, we found some movies. You know, we, we found, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the James Dean, you know, films that he was doing in the 1970s. Wait, you saw, uh, uh, you know that there's a guy who did that project, the Beatles never broke up, dot com. No, I did not know that. No. Oh, you didn't know that? Like no. this guy, this guy, if you go to the Beatles never broke up, dot com, the guy essentially what he's done is, is he's made a mashup album using elements of all of the former Beatles in their solo albums after the Beatles. Okay, and interesting. Created what, what he thought would be like, essentially, you know, a Beatles album in the 80s, and he made up a story. But the great part was, as a marketing gimmick, he told the story that he fell down and bonked his head and woke up in a crazy world where the Beatles never broke up. And when he woke up again, he had a tape that he brought from that other world, and then that's the tape that he digitized and released in MP3 format. 
Okay. <laughs> but uh, so right. so but but, but anyway, point, so yeah, we have all this yeah. alternate history. That we're we're, we're like you know the the all eight seasons of the original Star Trek. You know, here's here's what I think will happen is essentially what happened during the Dark Ages. During the Dark Ages, like any kind of independent thought, really ground to a halt. Because they realized that they didn't have, you know, direct experimentation was not very popular, frowned upon maybe by the church. And so what they had was the writings of the Greeks where, you know, fascinating philosophy, science, all these things. And they sort of stopped any personal growth and development in, ex in return for just saying, what can we learn from these writings of people who obviously knew a lot more than us? And I suspect something like that would happen in this scenario. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that, you know, I think that the, the thing I'm getting to is like all of a sudden we have culturally, we don't have a technological advantage, but we're getting all of this other, you know, we're getting 40 years of alternative culture of things. Some of it's very familiar to us and some of it's not movies and all these other big blockbuster movies that didn't happen, but happened in this universe, you know, uh, you know, a version of Star Wars that was horrible, you know. But you know, wait, didn't that happen in 1999? And then prequels that were awesome, you know, or, <laughs> right. you know, the, you know, we, we get, you know, the Richard Dreyfus, you know, Star Wars, you know, and that's it is we get these, uh, these, uh, the Christopher Walken is Han Solo Star Wars, you know, I mean, that's the thing is you get all this other stuff. So, I mean, that's, to me, that's sort of a fascinating, it's kind of, it's, I mean, I'd rather have the technology, but I'm like, man, what, what a really cool thing to think about. Just all these alternate versions of stuff exist here. So, so my science advisor, I'm like, so let me get this straight. There's all kinds of alien technology. And my science advisor says, yeah, yeah. But in this Star Wars, Christopher Walken plays Han Solo. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you're, and you're like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Why is that important? You're like, you know, like, like Christopher Walken. Yeah. You're like, Deer Hunter? Yeah. Like, now he's Han Solo. Oh. <laughs> and uh. he talks in that Christopher Walken way, you know, and he's pausing at random intervals. Come uh. on, President. Exactly. Jeez, this is amazing. Also... He's Asian now, and I don't even know how that works. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think this is, like, it's alternate reality fever. We're trying to open up wormholes left and right. Uh, brand new day is done. Yeah. And then so, becomes, anyhow. I'll tell you what, all of, all of culture, and it kind of has happened now where we already live in this mashup culture where we're taking all these different ideas that have already existed in previous media, but, like, that goes into overdrive, and then it becomes, like, all we want as a society is more conjecture as to what other alternate universes are out there right now. Yeah. So to bring this all home, um, I guess you're probably aware of, if not, uh, now you are, that NASA has spotted, or astronomers rather, have spotted a strange X-shaped object out in space that we think is a comet. <laughs> what? Yes. Look at X object space, or space object, into Google News, and you'll see these what? photos. kind of looks like an X-wing to me. Hold on. You know what? It's like I, I'd given up on any of this coming back to a real story. <laughs> no, I thought everybody knew about this. Gotcha. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. NASA puzzled by spaceship-like object. Oh, my God. How do you do that? How do you hold that right over my nose? Listen, you are fired as my science advisor. No science advisor of mine refuses to tell me that there's a freaking X-wing on the news. That's amazing. I thought I told you this in the beginning of the scenario when I set it down on your table. Jeez. Well, okay, you did. You're too busy worrying about getting reelected. <laughs> yeah, no, that is true. <laughs> I know. Brian's too busy running push polls yeah. in Florida and Ohio. And, and sending figure out sending hey, Justin minute, to look, all dude. these sending Justin to all these college campuses to give hush money to all these girls. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that's amazing. 
Yeah. I know that we could get away with this many cover-ups for only um, a couple thousand dollars. I know. <laughs> well, I mean, you look at the colleges you play as Justin. Is it really any surprise? Yeah, I know. The meth belt ring a bell to you? All right. Well, hey, I'll tell you what. what you want to go around the horn real quick with recommendations? Just one each? Sure. Brian, you go first. Uh, yeah, you're talking about book recommendations, right? Any any recommendation Anything. you want. Uh, yeah. It was the weirdest thing. My new uh, my new intern, Chad, my assistant, we were driving along, and Chad was describing. He's like, you know what I really wish I'd see? Because we're playing Mass Effect 2 right now. And uh, he's like, what I'd love is some science fiction game that's like super realistic. No faster than light travel. It all takes place just inside our solar system. And we've colonized a few planets and have a few so space stations, and it's hyper-realistic. And I started telling him about uh, the Kim Stanley Robinson Mars trilogy from from the '90s: uh, Red Mars, Green Mars, and Blue Mars. And uh, it was that's it brought me back to that world where for all those pages, like it's super hard science fiction, where it's hard on the science. And by the time you finish reading those books, you really feel like you've lived for a few decades on Mars, and it feels like a real place to you. I highly recommend those. Cool. Andrew? My recommendation, um, a book we did not allude to at all, and <laughs> something we, we've, we've mentioned before, but I really recommend is Anathem by Neil Stevenson. I haven't I'm big... read that book. What's that? <laughs> I haven't read that book. Uh, recent, recently recently yeah anathem is fantastic anathem is the story of basically a world where people who are of logic and science minded live in monasteries and these monasteries have within them monasteries within monasteries and people within the outermost monastery you know they basically they interact with the world you know, you know once a year further on once every 10 years and there's people who live further on in who only come out once every hundred years they basically get like infants get pushed in there so that they're isolated from the outside world and they can develop their own thinking and their philosophies and there are all these sort of parallels to aristotelian and plato sort of thinking and philosophies and it's a fascinating sci-fi book that goes into philosophies alternate points of view the meaning of science in the world and you know do we are we doomed to repeat things and follow things and patterns and i just I absolutely loved the book, Brian. The the story, uh, the story, or the word they used in the book was uh, intellectual. Uh, what was it? Intellectual hygiene was what they were practicing by staying cut off from from the uh, extramuros world. Yeah, which I thought was very cool. I loved it. I loved the book upside down and sideways. And it's literally, uh, it's one of those books where you spend the first half wondering WTF, uh, and then once you understand everything, it's literally the first audiobook where the moment I finished it, I went back and started listening to it again a second time. I really enjoyed it. All Justin. right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I did not, I didn't, I didn't read any sci-fi stuff. I, I don't have a lot of sci-fi recommendations, but I do uh, have a, uh, a big recommendation. Obviously, it's not really uh, you know, getting out on a limb, but speaking of alternate realities, or at least uh, different realities and universes than the one that we live in. Lost is back. Well, and it's it's actually you can literally watch the entire show from episode one all the way till the end of episode uh, of, of season six uh, or season five. I forget which one they're on, but you can watch the entire thing free during the two week trial on Netflix. There you go. Uh, sh shameless shameless plug time. If you have an iPhone or an iPod Touch. 
Yes. Justin, jump in anytime. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was at this point that for some reason my uh, mic cut out. So I'm going to tell you what I told them during the recording, which is Bob the Psychic Cockroach and Bob Roach Street Magician are the two brand new iPhone apps from Andrew Maine. Yes, the sick, twisted mind that brings such torment upon me and Brian each and every episode of the Weird Things podcast has made not one but two magic iPhone apps that are only a buck. Head on over to andrewmain.com to take a look at them. And uh, you know what? Just just buy them. It's two bucks together. You know, the enjoyment is well, well worth it. In fact, Brian has a story about it. Totally fooled Chad with the uh, Bob the Psychic Cockroach. Awesome. Like, right, literally, I downloaded it. I perused the instructions for maybe 10 seconds. And then I turned and performed it for Chad, who, who's no slouch. He knows his magic. But I finished, and he was like, what <laughs> and for not for 99 cents come on dude that's less than a video game bob is a dancing singing psychic cockroach so uh if you want to fool your friends and have fun i couldn't have said it better myself andrew bob the psychic cockroach and bob roach street magician just search psychic roach in itunes or of course just go to andrewmain.com isn't that right andrew yes andrewmain.com yes absolutely which i use squarespace now brian thanks to your recommendation oh thank goodness i wish other people who i keep recommending it to would pay attention to it thank you next time on weird things i love you guys I used the same performance capture technology Jim Cameron used in Avatar with my cockroach, with Bob, <laughs> to get him to capture him to put him into By the way, the... that was really weird to say you used performance <laughs> capture technology with your cockroach. And it was really, really messed up over that. <laughs>